But I'm just gonna try one thing. Don't. Okay? I, let me try one thing, TJ. Don't do it. I will hurt you. <laughs> Can I just try one thing? You flick me, and then I'll flick you. Go ahead. Welcome to the Invincible Podcast, probably the best superhero podcast in the universe. This is a show where friends get to sit around and talk all things Invincible, a comic book by Robert Kirkman. On today's episode, we're going to be diving into issue 137, which was released on June 21st, 2017, as well as going over some Invincible news, some listener letters, and then stick around for later in the episode when we talk to Logan Moore for our fan spotlight all about Invincible in video games. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining me is TJ. It's TJ, bitch. And Bill. Um, it's Britney, bitch. Hmm. Was well, that not right? I mean, it worked, I guess. I guess. I was just trying to be as witty as TJ. Can we rewind? Yeah, sure. Okay. And joining me is TJ. It's TJ, bitch. And Bill. Hi. Yeah, that's much better. Uh, so starting off with the <laughs> Invincible News, uh, Skybound announced one of the uh, exclusives for San Diego Comic-Con. Now, exclusive as in, like, it's going to be exclusively at San Diego Comic-Con until it's available in the Skybound store. Until it's not exclusive. Exactly. Uh, and that is the <coughs> the new Skybound minis. Uh, I sent you guys a picture of them. Uh, now, you guys, they're, they're similar to the previous Skybound minis, but now they're actually full-colored, uh, and they're now going to be blind boxes in a sense of there's they're not just Invincible and Walking Dead anymore. Now they're a bunch of different series. Uh, what do you guys think of these? I think they're cool. I like Conquest. Yeah, Conquest. I think Science Dog's cool. Mm-hmm. Like evil, robot. evil, ro- evil robot they have, too. Yeah. So the Invincible ones that they have, they have just the, you know, yellow and blue Invincible. They also have a black and blue Invincible. They have a robot and then an evil robot. There's a Conquest. And I guess you could throw in Science Dog as, you know, Invincible related in a way. But yeah. So otherwise, like, the Negan's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, I think the only way that these things work are if they're colored. Like, I don't really like the minis that are just the solid nothing. color. I guess yeah. you could do them yourself, which is cool. But... Which is funny because I thought to myself, like, hey, maybe someday I'll either paint this or get this painted. But now that these are released, now the bummer is they're blind boxes, and they're... Oh, so you don't know, so you can get so you don't know what you're getting. So you can and get zombie punk. <laughs> yeah. Or Sacagawea. Why? Who? What's what the fuck is it's Sacagawea? from? Um, uh, what is it? The Manifest Destiny. Destiny. Yeah. Where it's um, um, Lois, Lois and Clark. Lois, and Clark. Lois, Lewis and Clark. Lois and Clark. Lois, Lois and Clark's Clark's adventures. Superman Adventures. Yes. Gotcha. Um, Sacagawea is on that? that Sacagawea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Season two. Uh, so they're 10 bucks a pop, which oh. is kind of a lot for a blind box because it sucks because I want all the Invincible ones. So You don't want Kyle? I want um, Kyle. What the oh, Kyle from Kyle? Outcast. Outcast. Yeah. Oh. There's two mystery figures, too, which clearly look like Rick and Kyle. Probably, like, bloody ones. I think there's yeah. also going to be, uh, Kyle. I think there's also going to be, like, gold ones and such, too. But, yeah, other than that, uh, Invincible News. Today, the day we're recording this, also the day issue 137 came out, uh, they revealed the cover in the solicitations for Invincible issue 140. So, what do you guys think? I mean... Thrag is on the cover. Thrag is now the and main cover. And we cover. have just read 137, which means that we still have 38, 39, 40, three issues He's gonna be with in Thrag. So he is not dying anytime soon. Yeah, which I mean, kind of 
is yeah. a bummer, I think. I mean, we had theorized that maybe he was going to die early, but I think it's safe to say that that theory is probably not going to happen. Um, I mean, it could be that he's on the cover and he I died in the previous issue, but I doubt it. He's probably going to stick around. Could Thrag see Robot as more of a threat now and then maybe Thrag and Mark work well, together? Know. We'll get to that. That would be I think, crazy. The I only think... two people on this cover are Thrag and Invincible. Do you so think this that could was be done like, intentionally? This could be the maybe. This could sh- be the I think that it can only mean that like the two of them are going to get stuck in a dimension with just the two of them and they're going to have to like come together to to get out and they're going to become best friends and learn life lessons. And they're actually going to be married by the end of it. Everywhere you look, come together. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I think it's cool that this is the first cover that isn't as much of a collage as the other ones. It literally is just Mark's head in the background. I actually really like. So is like, that that picture mm-hmm. of Mark looks awesome? Yeah. It how does. many? How, wait, how many more issues are there? When does it end? One forty-two. One forty-four. One forty-four. So there's four issues after. Yeah. Three issues after this. No. Wait, one forty-four. Yeah. Three. Yeah. That's how math works. The uh, so is this done to sh- to hide the fact that there's like. We look at these now, and just like we just did, oh, Eve's on the cover of this one. Guess she's not dying. Or, look, Anand's not on any of these covers. We think he's going to die, and then he died. You know what I mean? Like, do but you think there have there... been people the on thing... covers that they haven't been in the issues. It's it's really just been one big I don't collage. think that's happened, actually. But the, I, right, I, I agree. It hasn't happened? No. And so there's no Eve on this cover. There's no Nolan on this cover. No Tara. You know what I mean? Like, do you think now they're getting to the point where they can't show collages on the covers anymore? I guess, but the thing that bums me about this, again, is that we know Thrag is alive. Yeah, well... He would have to be, unless it's like... Or it could be his... It could be his funeral. Yeah, it could be... Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Either way, it's an awesome-looking cover. Um, (laughs) Along with that, they showed off the cover for Volume 24. Uh, So that's (gasps) the end of all things Part 1. I have another theory on this cover. Now that we're we're on it, would you say that the lighting is something you mean that's unique? One forty. Sorry, yes, one forty. The lighting is something that's unique on Mark's face. Yeah, like it's super it's glowy. Super yeah. glowy. Yeah. Almost like they're by the sun. Almost like they're still fighting it still by the sun. Fighting by the sun. It looks like it could. Like what? What else is that bright? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just it's just the way it is. It could could just be a sunny just day. The way it is. We're quoting some songs here. Yeah, we are. So, volume twenty four trade paperback. End of all things. Awesome cover. I like that. It almost looks like that. It looks like the. Half, it almost looks like half of Thrag is going to like match up with someone else. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. volume twenty five mm-hmm. is going to be the other half of well, someone this else's be space. End of all things part two, presumably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Walking Dead does. It would probably be the other side of Thrag's face. Most likely, yeah. But then when, yeah, I guess maybe it would... bloody or skeleton, maybe. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. I uh, I dig it. I think they both look awesome. I really like that fucking cover to 140. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to uh, jump into an uh, email real quick because remember, you can email us at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. This is uh, an email we got from uh, Patty. So listen along. He says, Hey guys, first off, love the podcast. You have a really interesting format with the new issue discussions and the new readers. Uh, he goes on to say that he really likes the new readers. He says, on to the meat. I, like everyone else, was so disappointed to hear that Invincible is ending, but I believe in Kirkman. I've just been thinking of what I want to see, and I thought I'd love to hear you guys' points. So Lil Marky is the only pure blood baby Voltramite in the world. This should be massive. Do you guys think he's going to play a large part in the upcoming finale? 
What would Thrag do if he hears of this of his existence? Hasn't Nyssa settled down and realized the value of life, love, and other races? She's got two kids, man, and I know she's pretty hardcore. I'm hoping to see some Anissa Mama Bear action. Honestly, this storyline is what I wish it could continue apart from Invincible. The next generation of Terra and Marky and Oliver. Do you guys have any storylines that you are hoping to see that will no longer happen? Speaking of Mark and Death, I totally agree with you guys, and Mark's going nuts. I keep picturing him holding Terra in his arms with tears in his eyes. I'm betting he rejoins the war and wrecks shit and takes over the Voltrum Empire. I think that robots guards from Mark's visit to the future indicate that robots infrastructure will still be in place and he'll and with immortal in robots place. <clears throat> and yeah, one or both of Ursul and Anand are going to die in pieces. It makes me a little sad. Anand seems a little nuts. Bill. This happened a while ago. So we just got this email from Patty. I don't Today. think he's caught up. He's so not caught up. He's only at issue 130. And so far, he's pretty on track. So, yeah, uh, Anand did die. And so far, you are right on track, Patty. We are going to kind of see some more Marky. And Anissa is going to go all mama bear action. Because hopefully. she actually says, oh, I love being human now. and Or like the human way. Yeah. Of. So uh, he said, in summation, I can't wait for issue 131. And these delays are worse than the scourge virus. So until that shapeshifter hobo takes Thrag's place and falls in love with Eve's ex-lover Kubian, make mine the Invincible Podcast. <laughs> love, Patty. I just wanted to read that email because it was fun. And, and I, I, it got, I got until almost the entire email to realize yeah. he wasn't caught up. Right. You started to read. You're like, Anand and Ursa. Wait a minute. Anand's dead already. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when you get to this, Patty... Uh, good job on your predictions, because you were pretty spot on. That would be a very good way to make it look like you're a genius by <laughs> pretending to write an old email. Mm -hmm. So, uh, before we get into the uh, discussion on 137, I just also want to say thank you to all the people that have left us iTunes reviews. We, uh, I haven't checked these in, in a couple months, and I just went on the other day to check, and we've got three new iTunes reviews, all with five stars. Uh, previously, we didn't have enough iTunes reviews to give us a rating officially, and we now do. So, what's our rating? We are five stars. We Get have the fuck out of here! Yep. Right, we are. Every, keep it that right. way. Keep yep. it that way. There was a six star. So, <laughs> uh, a couple of them here. G. Mephra said, "If you like the Invincible, if you like Invincible, this podcast is for you. The charm of the podcast is just a few comic geeks, and I mean that as a compliment. Discussing the comic and related titles. Their enthusiasm for the comic is genuine and contagious. They occasionally have guests such as Ryan Otley. Very highly recommended." Thank you, as well as Red Earth 18 who said, I was excited to find out about the podcast about my favorite comic book existed and blazed through every episode in two weeks. Great discussions and great chemistry between the hosts. Highly recommended for fans of Invincible. Oh, we do have great chemistry. Hmm. And then yeah. finally, I've got one from Cool Bean 5 here. Uh, here's what I love about the podcast. I love the fact that it's a niche podcast. It covers Invincible and other Skybound-related things. I love this podcast for con for continually discussing the art. I feel like the artist is often overlooked and the focus goes solely to the writer, but these guys consistently recognize Ryan Otley for the storytelling and visual brilliance he brings to the book. I love the fan spotlights. It's nice to hear how other fans experienced Invincible for the first time, which issue they cracked open first. When you hear someone has been reading Invincible since issue 23 or 12, it's like meeting a vampire who's been around <laughs> since the Vikings. <laughs> I love hearing the new reader experiences. They make me think back to my own initial reactions to various moments in Invincible, like what it felt like during the fight with Conquest or when Adam and Mark finally got together. It's also funny to hear them say issue 100 was not a big deal because they did not have to wait a month for it to come out. 
The only bummer is that this podcast is every two weeks. I wish it was weekly. I think there are enough Invincible fans in the content out there to make it weekly. For example, Ryan Otley's Death Grub and Ted Noodleman, Kirkman's run on Mar- Marvel Zombies, Ant-Man or Destroyer by Car- Corey Walker. Anyways, if you're reading this and you're a fan and want to know more about Invincible, definitely hit subscribe. That's a great one from Cool wow. Bean 5. I mean, we are pretty awesome, so. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I like to think that we're pretty humble, too, because... No, I no, I wouldn't say oh, that. Oh, definitely actually. not. Yeah, no. Um, but as far as, again, we've talked about this in previous episodes. As far as going weekly, we would love it. We would absolutely love it. I think about it all the time and think about ways that we could try and make it work. Uh, so trust us, you know, we're, we'd, we'd do it if we could. And, you know, we'd always think about it and try to figure out how we can make it happen just right yeah, we, now. We talked about this in, in length on the last... On the Brit Volume yeah, 3 Brit discussion. Volume 3, yeah. So we, uh, I guess we're going to go on to our issue 137 discussion. Before we do that, I actually have something kind of cool to show you. Okay. What? Is this your mystery box? Yeah. I brought a little little something over mystery here in the package. corner that you guys don't know what it is. Okay. You smacked my hand away when I grabbed it. I'm like, what is this yeah. thing? So anybody that has ever listened to any of our podcast episodes, previous episodes, Knows that I'm probably the world's biggest. Oh, I think I know what this is. The world's biggest Rexplode fan. Um, so I got something. The reason why I like Rexplode so much is because he is that kind of asshole character that I like, but he's a good guy at heart. And the the time that I fell in love with him was finding about finding out about his origin. So what I have to show you. <clears throat> there, there might be some noise because he's opening up this box here, which we don't know what's in here. Is the page that I fell in love with him. Oh, nice. This is when Rexplode, Rexplode, you know, as a kid was uh, very willingly given up by his parents just for a lump sum of money. They became rich just by giving his bo- giving uh, Rex over to the government. Years later, after Rex grew up, he tracked down his parents, uh, looked through their window, was going to, you know, I mean, I don't want to get into the story too much because I think that we should do this as a side. Um, We should go over. We did. Invincible Presents Rexplode. Oh, the Invincible Presents. The actual, like, yeah, Yeah. because there's a lot more that happens in that. We go over a ton of it in the In Memoriam that we did for Rexplode, all of his history and everything. Yeah. Um, But it's... Him showing up at the page that I have is him showing up at the house, uh, looking in the window, seeing you know his mom and dad there. They have an, uh, a child, um, and it's it's just a sad look on his face. Mm-hmm. I like how how he like charges up a ball he and was, then drops he's it. Charged, in the yeah, he charges up the ball because he just sees them, and then once the little kid and the baby are in the picture, he drops it. That's an awesome page. Yeah. yeah. Do you know why he charged the ball? He was going to kill him. He wanted revenge. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, is that Nate Beauregard? Yes, it is. That's awesome. What else has he done? He did all of uh, uh, Invincible Presents Adam Eve Rexplode. Um, he, you might know him, Bill, because he did Volume 3 of Brit. I was going to say, that looks very familiar. Yeah. Like, the faces and everything like that looks just like Brit. Yeah, that's super cool. So I wasn't expecting to get... I've been looking for a Rexplode page, and I wasn't expecting to get one that was so relevant to my fandom um, of his character. Uh, so thank you to Rob Hegemeister for tracking this, to, or for pointing me in the right direction. Um, so what was cool, too, about this is that when it did come in the mail, 
the Nate Bellegarde mm-hmm. um, actually sent me unexpectedly a Rexplode commission. Oh, Get the sweet. fuck out of here! That I did not expect at all until I opened it up. So That's I thought awesome. that was really, really cool. And he signed it, you know, 2017. So With a little heart. It says yeah. Nate with a little heart, 17. And those explosions That's in his eyes. fucking yeah. awesome. I love it. So, and that I, looks so I cool. told you guys recently that I'm starting a, an Invincible um, commission collection. So mm. this is awesome. Yeah, that's great. So, and he's and he like I just saw today that he was announced for Boston Comic Con. Yeah, so that'd be really cool. I really that'd like to awesome go see to him. See. Awesome, that's cool, TJ. So, you guys ready? We gonna do this? Talk about issue one thirty seven. It was a big one. All right, so let's jump right into issue one thirty seven. First off, I love how uh, Ryan Otley said that Debbie was momming the hell out of this cover. Yeah, um, I was just telling Bill that I love that picture of mark with it hanging over his shoulders mm-hmm. i feel like that would be a cool commission to, to get from his his from motley his mask yeah yeah just hanging o- over his shoulder him still in costume mm-hmm. so it starts right off with general craig in a hilarious <laughs> discussion here uh he's he's got all his wives because last time we saw him last time we saw all three of these <coughs> characters um they were explaining to thrag that you know craig was telling him oh you know I, I i just love all of them you know and he was getting in trouble for interfering with the uh the fight on in london i believe it or paris when the flaxons came during like with monax and everything like that mm-hmm. he interfered and thrag was mad at him and craig was like listen one of the women i love you know was there and uh, i couldn't stand to let her get hurt and uh, so the thing is with Craig is he's becoming overly attached with all of his Earth. wives, like all of his, yeah. all of these women. And uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, at least nine. Yeah, at least nine. In this said, one. He has a lot of kids, mm-hmm. too. One, two, three, four, twelve. five, six. Is it 12? Does it 12 say 12? Kids. No, it's just I counted 12. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, and more on the way. One of them pregnant. <laughs> You're right. I love this. I love I love seeing this. Um, I love how he's uh, he's. This is the first time they've all been together, and he's like, "Yeah." So now that you all know about each other, um, but then he gets called away. His uh, face is very like stupid, like perfect. Yeah. For this scene, you know, I, uh, like, please dumbfounded. Uh, talk amongst yourselves, and I will return as soon as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked. I I love the way that this issue started. Mm-hmm. No, I, I absolutely love it. It's great. Uh, and then on the next page, what is his what is his name again? L- Lucan. Yeah. yeah, Lucian. Lucian? No, it's there Lucan. There would be an I after the C. Yeah, it's I think it's Lucan. Lucan? I've never so then, heard that name before. Now Lucan's turn in the spotlight with his child, and I love this. This is probably the funniest thing in this issue. Uh, he's He's kind of scolding his son for fighting back, who clearly has powers, and yep. his son says, "Yes, Dad. Next time, I'll just, I'll just let him hit me until he breaks his hand." And Lucan's like, "Do you see how much more satisfaction that would bring?" I love that. And then uh, Lucan's wife shows it looks up. Looks like Steve Harvey, like a, a younger bit. version of Steve Harvey. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. His wife shows up and says that she's pregnant again. So they have, uh, and he mentions his other daughter. So now he has a third on the way. So he's getting along just fine, doing his duty. Um, but he was the one that refused to be with any other women. Mm-hmm. He was he fell in love with one woman, and that was it. And Thrag was uh, 
you know, giving a hard time about that. Uh, then we've got um, Thula, the one with the knife, the knife the dagger in her hair, in her ponytail, mm-hmm. and uh, she's sitting down with her husband, and they're meeting some friends who, you know, they're they, Joyce. Yeah, Joyce. They, you know, the their kids are friends with each other, and so it's just the two adults getting to hang out. And then Thula gets called away because the thing is, each of these three characters are, you know, four characters are getting called away to something. We don't know what yet. And and it's showing like what, how they're living right now. Yeah. So, and then after that, Anissa. So she yells over to Marky. And what's the first thing you guys thought of when you saw this panel? Of her, of Marky holding the baby? Yeah. I don't know. He looks exactly like Mark. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. Like he looks like a baby Mark. It's just great. And um, I really like this interaction. You know? I like her banter too. Right. Like a very witty, very like. She she and I, I know I'm sure there's people out there that might not like the fact that oh it's redeeming a character. I really like her. Like I like this a lot. Like I, I she like genuinely feels issue. like a different character. Before. I always hated her character before. But now I feel like I'm starting. I'm starting to like her because she's changed. Yeah, uh, her husband Scott uh, tells her that you know, how am I good enough for you? You can walk on the moon. You can you know live among the stars, and she basically says how you know just because I can do all that doesn't mean it's not cold and lonely, you know. And she, I love how she keeps keeps calling things horseshit. And she says, uh, to call a thing to excrement from another creature is a delightful earth custom, and you know it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is part of her redemption, and not the first part that we get in this issue. She says, you know, she wasn't herself until she met Scott, and that mm-hmm. uh, she that, that version of her scares her. Mm-hmm. Which you could believe, because think about how Nolan was. Mm-hmm. No, know? exactly. So you guys buy this. You guys are okay with this. 100%. This is, yeah. 100%. So, I, yeah. Yeah, there's no... Qu- uh, what were you thinking? Like, maybe she could... She was just, like, faking it or something? Oh, no, no, not at all. I was just thinking whether or not you guys were okay with this transformation. Like, do you think this... Does this feel like a cop-out to you? Do you guys like this? Because I love it. I think it's fine. No, I'm what totally we, I, cool I, think it's, I think it's okay. I mean, it's understandable. They're all falling in love with Earth just like Nolan did. And yep. I feel like Nolan was very, like, extra vult- Vultramite. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he was... he was. She was up there, too, though. Huge. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, yeah. She was just a like firm she was. believer. But I feel like if Nolan can come down, you know what I mean? And he struggled with it hard. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nolan was more than any of these people. The thing the thing is, Nolan more hardcore fought, into the Vultramite. fought with it more because he wasn't giving into it as soon. Because it took also him... Also because he was the first. Right, and it took him that long to... I mean, how, how 18 years... You know what I mean? And even then, like, he fought with it, and he was like, no, I don't love humans, and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. I mean, these guys have been on Earth for five, six years, mm-hmm. right? And they're already, like, accustomed to the ways, but it's because they've accepted it. Like, that was my first initial thing, is, like, it took Nolan 18 years before he realized that he wanted to be here, and, and his way wasn't the right way, and only five even years for it, this guy's. Even then, it took it it took him leaving Earth, leaving Mark, beating mm-hmm. the shit out of Mark, leaving his wife that you knew he loved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it it took a lot for him to realize that. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, a big shout out. Ryan Otley did awesome in this. I really like Anissa's face, and I mean that. I mean, this whole issue obviously so far has been really great. Um, it is worth pointing out that uh, Otley did say t- say today that he had a guest inker. 
for half this issue. So Dexter Vines, also shout out to him. He helped Ryan Otley ink this issue, which is great. Doesn't doesn't Anissa's face in that big panel on page, uh, what is it? So one, two, three, four, five on page five. Mm-hmm. It's like the fourth panel down. Doesn't it look kind of classic? Like classic comics? Like it almost looks like Lois Lane. Like oh, from an like old school comic book. I, it, just, it just caught me off guard because it looks very... Like almost pop art, just yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Not in a bad way at all. Like I thought that it looked, it made her look. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No. More human, I guess. I don't know, but I just thought it looked different. Yeah, I think it looks great. I, I, I mean, and again, Fairbairn with the colors. I, I really liked the look of this issue. I don't know if it was just like this whole intro was so refreshing, so mm-hmm. refreshing, because we've talked about this in the last few, you know, episodes. We and I looked back at Adam. We haven't seen anything not from Mark's point of view in so long. So we've seen Thrag's point of view and then Mark's point of view ever since pretty much Cory Walker's run. Like, there's not... If we saw it, it's because Mark's in that scene witnessing it himself. Other and than, a couple, seen, t- other than seen, a couple times with Thrag. We've seen Nolan and Robot interacting on Earth yeah, after yep, that. Yeah, that one. That, yep. But, I mean, in the last 12 issues or so, there really hasn't been much. Not like it used to. Yeah. This is the first issue, I think that it's felt like that in a really long time. We're getting other, you know, other points of view. And it's it was refreshing. I really, really like that. And this entire issue was like that for me. So Anissa gets called away, just like the others do. And then we get our first two-page splash, or two-page spread of uh, Nolan on the Viltrumite ship, talking, like giving the order to everybody, and basically telling them, you know, Thrag is coming. And, uh, he tells him how he's coming with an army and you guys don't have to do this. I don't expect you to fight, but you know, I'm 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 asking if you'd consider it. <laughs> I like that he knows also. Like he already says, like, I understand that this is gonna put your family at risk. Oh yeah. Nolan's had interaction with Earth, obviously, since like a lot more than we have, obviously. So Nolan's known for a while that they've already that the whole Vulturemite, all the Vulturemites that are on Earth have conformed and fallen in love and have fallen in love with Earth. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that he's known this this whole time but just hasn't re- hasn't mentioned it and now we're learning it and he already knows. It's I think that's cool. Well, Mark already knows too. He yeah, he, he right. knows that it would have that it worked. But we didn't. That, right. Mm-hmm. And uh Anissa, you know, uh General Craig, uh Thula, they all agree. They say, "Yep, you know, you can count us in. We'll make preparations for war." And they turn the page and we got Tether Tyrant. There he is, as he promised. Is. He's fighting robot. He's fighting robots. And in the background, we've got it's Insomniac. Is that right? Insomniac and Walking Dread. And this is great. It was cool. Robot looks fucking badass. Yeah, he's got this that. Looks like a evil like armor a cocky on. little son of a bitch in the chair there. Oh, I was talking about like the, the robot. Yeah, the oh, they're the, the evil robots. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you see, there's another robot conversing with, it looks like one of the Mahler twins. Yep. On one of the panels down there. And that's one of the, you know, simpler robots, the mm-hmm. brown one, not these evil gray ones. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the big thing here is we've got Bulletproof too. So this page, we've got, you know, cool A little of cameos people. of Insomniac and Walking Dread. But Tether Tyrant, he's he's freaking out saying like, how did you find us? You know what I mean? And then, you know, obviously robot... He, he knows all, he sees all, and it was just cool seeing, like, 
honestly, if we never see Tether Tyrant for the rest of the series, that's good. That's cool. Yeah. It's just like, it's a a, callback there. Yeah. It's a little Mm -hmm. rogues gallery type thing. It's like, yep, he broke out at some point. He's out doing his thing. He's just another criminal. That's what I would hope for with like Powerplex. Just give me a little something. I know. I want Powerplex. Even Titan. You know what I mean? I mean, this goes to show how quickly you could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one panel. That's what I mean. Like, one I felt panel. like this issue like went back a little to those kind of things, and it just felt right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, seeing bulletproof, uh, kind of like being like a a right hand man kind of thing to or two face. He totally looks like two face. He looks exactly it's like two face. Because the suit. So, yep. Uh, wasn't there somebody else in the on the monitors? No, not really. Not really that we could tell. Oh yeah. It's the rest of his fight with uh, Tether Tyrant. But it was cool. We haven't seen Tether Tyrant since, like, geez, it was, like, 83, I think it was, where he actually transformed into this creature. He, which, yeah, he told it to take total control or something like that. Take control of it? Yeah. Take, or, like, to take over take, him? Take over him, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. I wonder if he has full control of it now. Because, remember, he blacked out for a while mm-hmm. and went on that four-hour rampage and then screamed that he wanted control, woke up, and they arrested him. The Guardians yeah. of the Globe arrested him. So this is where he's at. I mean, maybe he's, maybe, I mean. It looks like he has control. It, yeah, I but th- it's also assumed, like, is he, he's a bad guy in this, right? I mean. Well, there's other bad guys there. I, mean, I think, I think. It's like, all a gray line right now. We don't right? know really. Like, Robot could be, is fighting villains and heroes right now. Anybody who's so, opposing Well, him. anybody who's opposing it. Or, right, so or messing don't things really up. Know. Yeah. That was great. Cool page. Go on to uh, next page where Nolan says, I'm still, he's saying to Mark, I'm still not happy with you. You forced my hand. Talking about the plan. And we talked about this last time too, about how Nolan didn't know. Didn't know about we thought it was going to be a bigger deal. Right. Like they were going to fight about it. and It wasn't well, as honestly, big of a deal, but it did give us a reason yeah, as to him not because knowing. Because last week, I mean, a couple pages ago, he's announcing it to Earth, to the to the Viltrumites, like it's like, like it's this no is the thing. And, we're yeah. like, and, and when I read that, I was like, uh, shouldn't you be mad? Right. Yeah. But we get that here. And I'm resol- I think that's resolved. That's yeah. fine. I understand. Yeah. I just I want to talk about one thing on here. I well, there's two important things, but the one thing Mark says right after what Nolan said, don't I kind of always do that? Isn't that kind of our thing? You want to do the right thing. I just take away the choice. So I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also like how Mark is, you know, he's happy with this, but Nolan's making it clear like you don't know the full consequences of this. And mm-hmm. Mark goes on to say that. Seeing that the Vultramites, the Vultramites have, uh, you know, acclimated to the human way. Yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Assimilated. I don't know. Yeah, like they've changed their conformed. ways. Is yeah, conformed. We, is, yeah, we gave him like three choices there, and he still wasn't happy. Even with, with I'm still not happy. Conformed was so easy though. No, I think assimilated is, is resistance is futile. I almost feel like reformed. Anyways. Mark saying that seeing that is good enough for him. Like that's a win in and of itself. He says like that's. Like that's good enough for him, but who knows how, I mean, the, how this is going? So, so this is it. Mar or Nolan saying, basically that there could be consequences makes me think there's going to be well, major yeah. consequences. Like not just as far as like, hey Mark, you started this and now people are dying. Of course, people are going to die. It's a mm-hmm. war, but I think that there's something negative going to come out of this war like the yeah. end result like pe- like the vulturemites are going to revolt or something like so that. this is this is the end of all there's not a, this isn't a story arc that's going to continue on this is 
So their shit is gonna fucking backfire. You're saying that everything's going to happen. No, I'm saying uh, you're right. Shit, it's obvious. Okay. Shit's going to backfire. There's yeah. gonna be terrible. Th- I mean, it already I doesn't think there's this going issue. To be a lot of things that have a bad ending. Thrag a was ending. Thrag was one step. That. Thrag was one step ahead of them and their plan. Like Thrag fell into their trap by by following them back to Earth where they're going to have the Voltrons fight them. But Thrag was one step ahead of that plan and saying, well, those were just fucking cadets. We're not there yet, but... Yeah, but regardless, this is this is Mark's plan. We've been talking for a few episodes now, like, what is his plan? What is this that they, they keep, that Kirkman is kind of, you know, not dragging out, but... Dragging out, it was dragging We didn't out. really know what was going on. We kept getting little pieces of it. So this was it. Mark's plan was to attack the home base of the Viltrumites, lure them away to Earth. Far from Earth, actually, the sun. Well, yeah, but they're, they're by the sun, so they're not fighting anywhere near Earth. They're but just near enough to Earth to get the Viltrumites to come help. That was the whole plan. The whole plan yeah. was to get the other Viltrumites. They're to in help. our solar system. Yeah, but not anywhere. So I, we kind of, the way that we were talking about it was that they're, it's going to bring it back to Earth or Earth's atmosphere, like. Why is that a smart plan? Because a human, all of Earth is going to fucking die, you know? I don't know. I'm kind of seeing next, like, Earth's sun to be pretty much Earth in this case. Like, they're fighting in other, across the universe, and here they are right next to Earth. I mean, this is obviously going to impact Earth. Well, we don't know exactly how fast travel is in this comic, you know what I mean? But they're nowhere near Earth in terms of, you think so? like, our sense of distance. Yeah. I don't know. I think that this I think is that the story is going to bring them closer to Earth. Yeah, I think I this think is. That we're going to keep. We're going to stay in the. I'm saying that Mark's plan was not to be anywhere near Earth, but to transmit to them. I, to I disagree the because at the what? end of this, he says, "Why are we close to the sun?" And then the Voltrons fly fucking from the sun or from around the yeah, sun. Yeah, but Mark didn't have. Well, Mark wasn't part of the sun plan. He just wanted to get the Voltrons. Why from is Earth. everybody keeping plans to themselves when right? there's a major fucking war going on? Yeah. Come on, Alan. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous of Mark's plan here. Uh, I'm not sure it was well thought through. I, I like the idea of getting the Viltrumites, but I almost feel like, hey, Viltrumites, let's go meet here. Get on your ships. Come if you want. I mean, I think, I mean, I get that Mark was, Mark was basically using their love mm-hmm. for Earth, right? Yeah. Damn. Right, but I mean, what was the alternative? I mean, I guess that, no, I guess that makes sense then. Right? His plan wasn't that thought out, but it's Honestly, he's the best one they've got. Yeah. Right? Who else are they going to So, help? after that is what I think is might be the best scene. Oh, maybe. I don't know. This this gave me goosebumps reading this. Um, Nolan says some of the Viltrumites have changed, you know, completely, you know, that they're completely different. And Mark says, like Anissa. And Nolan says, Mark, what is it between you two? And then that's the end of that page after Mark, you know, stares off. And I was worried that it was just going to put it off. I was worried that again you would turn the page and it would be somewhere else, someone else, or Mark would say, "Oh, nothing." Like, but it felt so good to get this resolution. Like to see Nolan say, been, "We're finally getting." She like, forced herself to get on our you. ending. Yeah, like this was the resolution. Like all, all we're missing now. Like we've had the, like we had that resolution with Eve, and that was very important, especially for Mark's character. But part of me felt like this was for the reader more than Mark, whereas the Eve and Mark, you know, Mark telling Eve was very much for him and his getting over that and moving on, whereas this felt so good for me. It's been like 25 issues. Yeah. 
I mean, just having like all the times that Nolan saw them fighting and everything like that, like this feels so good to finally get it out there. And not only that, but to have Nolan just say it like, yeah, she did that, didn't she? And it kind of him basically say, yeah, that's that's kind of Viltrumites. You know, she was, you know, Strong. acting the way that mm-hmm, we used yeah. to act. You know, that's what we would do. And um, but saying that she's gone like that. Yeah, so that's, that's, like, you, she's that, gone. that's gone. Yeah. She's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mark says he doesn't know what to say to that. I think uh, I think all we're missing from that is, I mean, we're going to see Mark and Anissa, right? Do you think there's going to be much of a reunion yes. when it comes to that? I uh, think that yeah. Anissa is going to fall to her knees and apologize. Yeah. I, I mean, she tried like... once and Eve shut her down, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. Yes, but I think it's going to be. Oh well, yeah, yeah. She's now she now has His emotions son? like legit emotions. <laughs> she has. Um, you know, I think that that's another reason why she's going to be remorseful is because Mark isn't just going to see Anissa. Mm-hmm. He's going to see Marky. Marky, which you think it'll be no in the same idea. scene? Do you think like, oh man, I don't know. Think about how this issue ended though. Yeah. It, it ended with Marky being kidnapped. So once Maybe. Mark finds out that that's his son, he's going to be, a, 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 a switch is going to flip hmm. and he's going to be acting just as, as if it were Tara. Man, it's a good thing that this ha- all this has resolved with Anissa because I feel like if Anissa was still the old Anissa, we we didn't like Marky. We didn't like that he existed. Mm-hmm. But now that Anissa is a good person, it almost makes me feel much better that Marky is in the picture. I like it. It's just the only thing I don't, I still don't really care about is that in that issue, she said it takes a couple times, and it didn't. It took one time. Right, but that was just like it, it could take a couple times. Who knows? Yeah. It's not a sure thing. But I, I do want like that that was a way of putting us off that scent. It could have also been like it takes a couple times for you to enjoy it, for you to give in, for you to you know like we've talked about this I so know. Wasn't much. It appropriation? I, know. I thought it was. My yeah. I have one one thought, and maybe I should <laughs> hold it till the end. But I don't want to forget about it since we're talking about it. But in the first email you wrote, where um, Patty, yeah, had had wrote. After Marky, reading 130. Right, Marky is the only oh, yeah. true, true blood, blood Voltramite. He's not, because Mark's not full-blood Voltramite. Yeah. He's half-human. Yeah, that's true. So that would mean... He's the most Marky, blood. He's not <laughs> not really. It's it's a hybrid with a hybrid mm-hmm. with a full-blood. You know what I mean? It's it's as... I guess I guess so. But he's not full-blood It is. All, it is also heir to Argyll, though. That's, that's a bigger deal. That's a bigger deal. Yeah. Question. This might be a dumb question. Can the Viltrumites not mate with each other? Hmm. To make other full-blooded Well, obviously they can, because that's how they chose their mates, by choosing the strongest and stuff like that, but... I'm just surprised we haven't seen any of that. I don't... And I was thinking the same exact thing, like, why are they, like, forced to be with humans? Why why doesn't Luca and fucking Anissa or whatever... Wouldn't that make more sense, though? Let's let's make strong Viltrumites, Hmm. as opposed to let's... (coughs) mate with humans but obviously it's it'd be the idea was to mate with many humans yes well no i get time. i get the reason but it's just we haven't seen that once it was just interesting then i thought the same thing i thought it was a little weird that we haven't seen uh like a child voltramite that is pure blood yeah yeah and, and i don't see any reason why we shouldn't unless i'm forgetting something i don't think you are because i literally thought the same exact thing interesting all right and next up we get our what is this? Our monthly our dose of taste uh, of Terra. Taste of Terra. Our taste of Terra <laughs> moment. Uh, so Which you, you said last page was your favorite. This is my favorite. 
this page itself? No, the page after this. Oh, yeah. page after it. It's yeah. so great. It's very so, good. pretty much, this is the only time Debbie's on the cover. And this mm-hmm. is the only time that you see her is just telling Tara that she's... Yeah, which, again, goes back to, like, just because the character is spotlight on the center of the cover might not necessarily mean that they are the main character of it. Yeah. So, yeah, she's talking with uh, 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 Tara. Tara all about flying. Now, Bill, you probably have more, you know, knowledge when it comes to this, but this totally feels like a little kid that wants to play with a toy that's not allowed to because they it was taken away from them or something like the way she's talking i love it it's just really cute yeah it's super cute and i the writing and also the timing of it like how you turn the page how she's like okay you can just hover just a little bit mm-hmm. and then the next page is tara flying uncontrollably through the city mm-hmm. <laughs> with debbie hanging onto her leg for dear life yeah, you can just picture that Tara started to fly. She started to fly too high, and then Debbie maybe, you know, grabbed her leg to pull her down, but instead she went up, and all of a sudden they are, they're loose in a way. Where do you see this going? Nowhere. Nowhere. Do you think it's that just, next, it's just yeah, comedic? Yeah, I think comedic, it's comedic. Yeah, yeah, just... I like the aliens that are in the upper left corner that are, like, <laughs> what freaking the fuck? out about yeah. <laughs> I, I, I see it... I, I can't see next issue them not even having a mention of it. I almost feel like, like next issue... They're both going to be fine, but maybe they're walking out of, like, the hospital and Debbie has a, a, a twisted ankle. You know what I mean? Like, a broken foot or something like yeah, that. I Just something simple, like, yeah. and Tara feels bad and she learned that maybe she shouldn't be, like, she should think, be more careful. I think that they will touch on it in the sense of her powers are growing. I think that um, maybe in the next issue or this issue after that, she's going to be like, look, Mommy, I can do this. And they're going to be like, yeah, you've got, she's going to be like, yeah, you've gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. But none of us think that it's going to be a direct. No continuation of this this scene. was a comedic moment yeah that's that's all it was a relief hmm. it's great too i think uh nathan fairburn did a uh color in progress like he did last time on uh twitter where he showed the stages of coloring this page which mm-hmm. was great i just love i, I love debbie's face mm-hmm. i love it i love it so much oh i really love this page too the next page we've got uh um ursel kneeling down next to the bedside of one of the uh cadets, cadets that you, we assume we're part of the uh, fight last issue against, you know, Mark and everybody. And this cadet is apologizing to for Ursula living. for living. He's, he's, he feels as though he, he should have died in order to prove his loyalty to Thrag. Maybe he would have known my name yeah. or remembered it's, even my name by then. It's very uh, Mad Max. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, like maybe even he would learn, maybe he would even learn my name. Yeah. Oh, you mean like witness me? Yeah, witness me. Yeah, that okay. Whole thing. All right, got it. I think that like what Ursul says in response to that, she says, mm-hmm. "Our father loves us all. You have to know. You have to know this. We were created for a grand purpose to restore the empire to its former glory. You don't need to die to earn his favor, young one." And I feel like that was her like trying to convince herself more than it was. And then she to says, him. "The best part of the whole speech is you, you need, need to, to live." live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's gonna become the fucking. I feel like it's got to be Mark. But if it's not fucking Mark, it's going to be Ursul. Leading the Viltrumites? Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. She's um, not going to die. Ursul will not die. I think that Ursul is know. inevitably going to join Mark. She she will, like we've said before, she will lead to the downfall of Thrag. Regardless maybe, of whether yeah, or not she joins yeah, him, she I'll, will lead to the downfall. I'll take that back. She might not join Mark, but she's going to have a hand in taking Thrag down. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, but also taking Robot down. Maybe. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, she does. She don't give a shit about Earth or Robot. Robot is putting 
Voltramite's lives in, in danger, he's going to wipe them out from, eradicate them from Earth. I don't even think Ursul cares so much about the Voltramites on Earth. I think she's... She, she, cares. she cares about all Voltramites. She does, I'm sure she does, but I don't think that that's, that we've gotten that character, character building from her. I think she more cares about her siblings or half-siblings. Yeah, she's seeing the like injustice done to her race right now through Thrag, and she's trying to correct that. She I wants. she cares about Robot. Yeah. I don't even think she knows who he is, does she? No. Oh, no, she doesn't yeah. even know that that's there are Viltramites on Earth, but when she finds out... Oh, shit. That might be something. Know. Right. That's what I'm saying. Once well, she, she finds out, then she's going to be I think she's like, going to be with Thrag until like the very end and maybe deliver... Maybe not the final blow, but she's going to... One gonna, of them. A blow. Yeah. Like... like Invincible is going to be like on the ground about to die and she's going to come in and save him or mm. something. And then on the next page, we've got Eve, who's clearly upset that she can't join in on the fight. But I think Mark brings up a very good point that they're fighting in space. And yeah, when they were in the sky, they were breaking through her shield very easily. Yeah, if they imagine- break through her shield one time, she's fucking dead. Yeah, makes sense. And obviously they're saying, he's saying do it for Tara. Like you have to be careful for her. Um, so a great moment, but it's, you know, needed to explain, you know, what she's going to be doing in the next probably two issues or so because she's not going to be around. Um, I'm curious to what she's going to be doing. Is she going to be on the ship just hanging out or maybe yeah, she'll well, end up being called down to Earth. Maybe something will happen on Earth. Again, know? they're nowhere near Earth. They're on a Earth. ship By right the next sun. to the sun yeah. in our solar system. I don't think it's that far. Why would they move the battle anywhere else? Either. I really don't. Like they just came from another planet from a distant universe. And here they are. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like distance isn't that far. I mean, I get also, that. Also, I don't think that they're, like, by the sun, like, like the, the way that you guys are saying it. And even the reasoning. Like, they they went to the sun so that they can come from the sun. Mark because who the literally fuck... says, why are we so close well, to the sun? Well, let's go on right. the next page. I, get, I understand okay, right, that. Right, right. But the right. reason why they say that is because they're coming from the sun in the direction of the sun. So that they yeah, they're can, just when, hiding you know, behind who the looks sun. Inside, exactly. Who That's looks all. towards the sun? It has nothing they're to not do inside the sun. No. no, not inside. I'm saying, if someone's coming at you right now, and they're in the way of the sun, you're not really going to see them coming because who looks directly into the sun? Not only that, but it looked as though they I were hiding behind it. Behind it, yeah. yeah. And I think they just kind of came out from behind it. Right. Um, but before uh, Alan tells Mark that. They have a moment where Alan asks Mark if he's ready to go. Mark looks over his shoulder up at Eve on the window and then says, smiles and says, yeah, I'm ready. I hate those quiet moments. Yeah. They make me so nervous. Mark's face before that panel, like where he's just kind of like looking. It almost looks like he's wondering if it's going to be the last time that he yes, sees Eve. exactly. And you could tell. And, and will it? Probably not. But it's to convey that to the reader. Do do we know what the cover of issue 139 looks like? Yeah. We do? Mm-hmm. So we've seen every cover up to 140. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Go on. Um, but yeah, that's when Alan tells him that, uh, you know, because Mark says, is there a reason we're flying uh, so close to the sun? And Alan says it's so that they can't see our additional forces until it's too late. So it looks as though they're coming around the sun, like coming around it, like they were hiding behind it or whatever. But there are all the Viltramites that are coming to help. Uh, do you think there are more than this? Like, do you think they, because it almost looks like normally, you know, Otley would draw small, smaller and smaller, but it almost looks as though they stop at a certain size and it looks like there's a handful of like 10, 15 of them. Mm, I'd say max there's 20. Max 20. Okay. So this is, so we've got a group of about 20 Viltramites, you'd say? 20 pure blood Viltramites. TJ, you think there's more? I think there's a lot more. I totally disagree. a lot more. 
Well, actually, you know what? We should Why go back would to that. They risk this? You know what? Wait, wait, wait. We should go to that page that has Al- or Nolan talking to the group of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that in group, that, panel, that group, there's, there's maybe one, fifteen there's of them. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, there's not. There's like a max at twenty in that picture. In that picture, right. again, you know, those angles. So, but then again, that's also the maybe not everybody decided to go from that page. We know that you know, Anissa and you know all of them decided to go. But yeah, I don't know. It. I kind of get in the feeling that there's only going to be like fifteen to twenty of them. Oh wait, let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, there's so it shows the Voltramites and they're attacking. They're they're attacking the the evil. It's just hard Voltramite. to tell because I don't know if there's any in the distance in hidden the behind. Yeah, right. Behind. So but, it shows them flying through the ships and just destroying the fleet, and all those cadets are flying off into space. And then Thrag. Well, here's another thing. I mean, yeah, Thrag says that they that we've lured them into a false sense of uh, confidence. Uh, because we sent out the cadets first. Now, last issue, when we were talking about all those half-breed, you mm-hmm. know, Viltrumites that were just bursting into blood, you know, bombs mm-hmm. up against them, They're made from I talked tomatoes. about the fact that, yeah, I talked about the fact that they were all wearing the white uniforms. You did. And Ursel wore a red one. So I assumed that maybe all those ones in the white uniforms were just civilians. And that's why they were so weak. They weren't trained. They weren't fighters. And this kind of proves that, right? Like... Hundred percent. That's what, and because now we got this page where Thrag is rushing out with Ragnars on chains with the elite guard. Is that what he called them? He said, "Gather your elite guard, Ursel." So the elite guard are the ones wearing the red uniform, mm-hmm. which are the strongest of the strong. Mm-hmm. Of that, of that. I mean, of they're that. still young. They're yeah. still young. Mm-hmm. But also. I don't see too many tiny dots of elite guard behind them either. It no, looks like there's 20 to 30 yeah, there's, of those ones. It's an even match. So it looks like a pretty good fight here. And Thrag has Ragnars, uh, which we have seen in... Um, he was training was, with he them. He was training with them in one of Cory Walker's issues. Uh, because he sent... That's when he sent on an Ursul. He was training with them, yeah. like giving a demonstration of how to fight them. And then on an Ursul walked up and he said, I want you to go kill Mark Grayson. Ain't shit. Yeah, I don't think they're that big of a threat, but then again... The Ragnars? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they are. I mean, they're... Depending on how many he has. True. They will kill... Anything in their own. Two... Nobodies. Two nobody Vultramites. Uh, Those are still two very important Vultramites in the war, Yeah, if we're talking 20 versus 20, Uh, you know. Yeah. So... I know you don't care, TJ. And that... Okay, now... And that is what I assumed was the last page. Me as well. I thought I was going to turn and it was going to be the letters column. Yep. But no... We've got one more what because is we were promised robot doing something else evil question mark. Um, so this shows uh, all the families that we saw in the beginning of the issue, which is a great callback, mm-hmm. like you know, referencing all the families that we just saw in the beginning of this issue, all crying and upset. Um, Anissa's husband is bloodied, and in in front of Anissa's husband are two of robots' evil drones. Holding up Marky and what's Marky's sister's name? I can't remember. I was saying about it in the beginning of the issue. Uh, and them saying it's for your own good. Well, them saying uh, with your Vultramite parents occupied at the moment, you are vulnerable. So while I understand you, your pathetic attempts to resist, I must assure you it's for your own good. Yeah. But he's even, you got to go back further than that. I mean, he even says like he's being Rex. 
Oh yeah, he's saying he's you saying, know this will be hard to believe. As sincerely apologize for any stress they may this may cause. He's like I sincerely apologize. Like this is this is gonna be it's tough it. on you guys, but it is for on your own the parent good. on the parents. Like when yeah. I when I first read this, I'm thinking like in a dark. This is for your own good, but yeah, I don't think he's saying it like that. Like if I you think read back. He's he being says he says this the, is for your own good. The reason guys. why like, I I wrote I read what I did be, was because it, it was a fucking asshole thing to say. He yeah. said. While I understand your pathetic attempts to resist, I must assure you, and let, he's and calling think, them pathetic. And Bill, you have you have children. Yeah. Um. Uh, mm, yes. Riker wants to eat a whole bunch of candy, and you pull it away from him, and you said, "Riker, you're gonna get sick. This is for your own good." Uh, or I can say, "Riker, you're being pathetic right now, bro." But, but not just not just that. Here's this the is thing. for your own good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like that. He's being a dick, and he's gonna kill the kids. He's he's well, letting no, the no, parents no. live. You think he's gonna yes. kill the kids? Uh, absolutely. No, this is no. what this is. This is the same robot, the same Rex that killed all those superheroes because they would have interfered with his plans. He's saying, "Hey, listen, this is for your own good because these Vultramite children, Vultramite children, uh, are." Are more used to me. They're they're going to grow up with superpowers. They're going to be stronger. They're going to end up protecting you. They're going to work for me. They're like that's basically what he's saying. He's saying I'm taking your children because, you know, and this is this is uh you know. This is uh better for you, you know. He's saying that you know it's it's for your own good. That's what look, it is. Look, look. He's trying to help the parents like cope. He says, "Vilter my children. There is so much potential in what they can do for this planet." And against this planet. Yes. As he's in, going to get rid yes, of these as kids. as in like he's going to, yeah, they can turn out to be evil. Right, so he's going to kill them. I don't know if he necessarily wants to kill them, but because he also says there's so much potential in what they can do for the planet. I think he's but going against, to raise them up. No, he absolutely is well, not. Well, I think in his mind, he's he's basically controlling. He's That's what Robot does. He is controlling the can, situation. Can Viltrumites take out Robot? Oh, probably. Right. At this current state, at the at the at what where he is on the planet, currently ruling it, he's not threatened at all, except yeah. by the Vultramites. He's seeing this as an opportunity. No. Here's, he's seeing it as an opportunity that the that the bad ones are away, the ones that can stop him, to kill the the kids because the he thinks that the rest a, of them are gonna a, are gonna go suicide. up the That's so yeah. stupid, though. Listen, no, like no. Rex, you're Rex, stupid. Rex is you're very stupid. smart. He has their children. You think he's just gonna kill them or use them against them? Think about it, Bill. Why kill? Why kill them? Why? He's going to kill them to get rid of Vultramites entirely because they the are ones? a threat. No, no because he has the kids. Use them as ransom. Use them or build them up to fight against them. Like, okay, I have an idea. Either way, he, they're not going to kill them. Okay, ready? He's so here's so here's what's going to happen. Here's Robot's grand plan. He's going to kill the kids because they're a threat to the planet. The he's going to wait until to see how this war ends. That's out in space. To see what Vultramites are left alive, and it's going to be not a lot because one, one or both of the groups are going to be dececimated, and then he's going to finish the rest of them off with the Scourge virus. Boom. I thought you said Done. the Scourge virus was never. Well, now it's back. back. Now and it's you back. You argued me about it. Now it's back. That's the fucking plan. That's what's going to happen. That's why Robot is killing the kids. He's going to wait to see how the battle ends up, and then he's going to kill the rest of the the Vultramites with the Scourge virus. It's so anti-climactic. And that's is going to. No, it's not. It's fucking crazy. So he's going to just sit around and hang out. Waiting to to hear back about how the war he happens. Could, he could send the, he's the be drones in the out. War. Sure. Either way, he's gonna he's he wants the Vultramites away from Earth. He wants them gone, dead, whether, extinct. Whether or not he's going to kill the kids at the very very end or not, I think is irrelevant. He is not going. His plan as of right now is not to kill the kids. He's going to use those kids against the Vultramites. He has a different plan for them, not to just fucking kill them off. 
Uh, pizza. You, you, for, yeah, wait, he would, pizza. No, no. He would just, he pizza would just, bat. I think if he was just going to kill them, he would just kill them. He's not taking, he's taking them. He's, he's doing not going to them. take them to kill them somewhere else. Why? He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to upset the parents. He still wants to rule. He doesn't want to upset these people and, and upset his rule. He wants to take them and maybe say, hey, we're going to raise them because you're, the you know, the... I think the feel like your opinion back. is slowly changing to ours. No, it's not. Because you just said that, like, they're just... Robots, robot, want, here's, here's my definitive... There's a line in the sand. There's no question. There's no gray area. Robot does not want to use Voltramites. He wants them off of Earth, and he wants them gone so because they're a threat. Them. Yes. In the next issue. Maybe the next issue, maybe the one after his, that. His plan is not to use them against the Voltramites in any no, way. No, why would he use them against them? What are they going to do? All right. I, think he's, I don't know. I think he's smarter than that. He's way smarter than that. I think there's just more to it. You know? Than, I don't think just so. Want to kill Pizza him. bet. We're going to shake on this one. That that robot's plan is to kill those children, not to use them, to kill them, and to get rid of all the Voltramites. Okay. Whether or not it happens in the next issue is relevant. It doesn't, but that is his plan. The plan is to kill the children and not use the children against the Voltramites. Right. And if any of that is true, if if he ha- if he does have a plan to use them against the Voltramites, then I lose. You owe me a pizza. But if his plan is if he was like, oh shucks, you spoiled my plan to kill these kids, then you owe me a fucking pizza. Okay, shake. It's shook. A, ge- a gentleman's it bet. Shook. A gentleman's shaken. All right, that's it. That's how the issue ended. Bill, you want to give us our uh, our look at the next issue? I sure do. So next on the end of all things, part six, face to face with Thrag and his new Viltramite army. Mark and his allies must fight to survive while the fate of the whole universe hangs in the balance. Ryan, take us through that cover. What do you see? Uh, I see Space Racer with Russia on the back, which is awesome. It's a, it's a great looking cover. This is one of those covers that might have the most number of people on it. Um, that one's exciting. Uh, I think that this issue is going to be huge. You want to know why? I do. Wait, do I want to know why? Yeah, I do. Because I, uh, this is the final issue of volume 24. Oh, so it's the end of it's a volume? It's the end of a volume. Mm, so it's going to end fuck. with a... With a, with a, a doozy. With a doozy. With a doozy. And I think Nolan might be going down. Nope, not Nolan. I think Nolan Robot be will be down. the one to take Nolan, Nolan down. I think Nolan... I agree that Nolan... Oh, you're right. I think I know... Well, you, you think, think Nolan's the rag is going to be the one to take him down? No, Robot. Um, I like the idea of Robot taking him down, but with the current story, I feel like Nolan could go down next issue. He just had a great moment with So Mark. you don't think that it could be... Mm, I don't know. I think that it could be someone as small as Space Racer. I'm hoping... Yeah, it could be. I'm yeah. hoping that it's Space no, Racer. I don't think that at all. But I, it's I, not Eve. I know, yeah, I don't, I don't know if who's going to die, but I really think somebody might die next issue. Just because it's the end of a volume. But we'll see. Exciting, though. Uh, good issue. Very good issue. Overall, very good issue. Overall, other than I mean, the previous one, one thirty six, had the art like like it was blown away by every page because of the art. Again, this issue, amazing art. But what I loved most about this issue is it, like I talked about before, it got back to multiple points of view in Invincible. Here's mm-hmm. a bunch of characters. Here's some callbacks to the Invincible universe. It hasn't been the Invincible universe yeah. in a long time. The pacing was great. Yes. In it. Like, the pacing was so perfect. There was mm-hmm. a perfect amount the, of, like... there's There was none of this whole... 
the, what, what plan, you know, it's all part of the plan kind right. of stuff. It Which is finally hate, felt, hated. yeah, it kind of, it finally felt invincible. very invincible. invincible. Yeah, yeah. It was very satisfying. So, uh, this is leading into, I've got a couple, uh, uh, listener letters. This one's from Jordan. I absolutely loved this issue. No action, but it had a very good chunk of story progression and no, not filler guys. I enjoyed seeing a checkup on how the Viltrumites are adjusting to Earth life. Craig's situation was the funniest of them all. I was actually surprised to see how on board they were with helping Nolan. That time on Earth truly has changed them. I enjoyed the exchange between Mark and his dad. Quite heartwarming. As always, Tara was the comedic relief with just the right amount of her. Good amount of Ursul, along with a good exchange between Mark and Eve, too. As he made some good points, she wouldn't do the best in space. I was surprised to see Thrag, of all people, have the Ragnars in his possession. But, like we said, he was training with them in uh, one of the previous issues. Um, Jordan goes on to say, uh, uh, like what the... like what, uh, Peep the Mohawk Viltrumite next to Ursul. I feel like he's going to be pivotal eventually, but maybe not. I keep seeing him. Which is true. The Mohawked guy is next to Ursul in that scene at the end. He's also on the cover of the next issue. So, yeah, he might be something. He might actually have some dialogue this time. Maybe. Um... But last but not least, Robot is a piece of shit. The dude is seriously one of the best manipulators I've seen. When Kirkman has us convinced there's nothing left for him on Earth, he drags us back in. You guys were right by saying that Robot and Thrag were going to share the villain spotlight on this arc. Nolan and the Viltrumites are going to lose their shit soon, which might lead to Robot killing Nolan. I don't feel like a death is uh, next issue is going to happen, but it's on the horizon. Again, as always, sorry for the extremely long letter. Love always, Jordan. Someone's dying the next issue. Faux show. Yeah, I think so. But we'll see. I don't know. Bill, you've got an email from for us. Yep, this one is from a friend of the podcast, uh, Niall. And Niall says, Robot! I knew it! <laughs> Before I even read this last page, I knew that little snake was going to peek his conniving head. Fantastic issue. Good to see all the Viltrumites caring with and with families. Not so much the cadet in the infirmary. I feel so bad for him. His father doesn't even know his name. And then it's a crying emoji. Uh, very excited for this next battle. We get to see the elite guards in action against the full-blooded Viltrumites. And then three really excited smiley face emojis. <laughs> Thanks, Niall. I've got another one here from Tony. Uh, he says, hey guys, I love the show and podcast. First time writing in. I've been meaning to write in before next issue. I have yet to read issue 137 as of right now. And he hasn't listened to our podcast on 136. Uh, but he's going to listen to that now. Anyways, I predict that Robot has a deal with Thrag. I'm sure Robot considered invincible change in Nolan's mind, and although he has upgraded his bots to handle Viltrumites, Robot has said that he knows there will be huge lots of deaths on both sides. Robot could mass-produce his drones, but could he handle a full-scale war with either Nolan's clan or Thrag's if he wasn't joined with one of them? It seems more telling when you consider the crazed future immortal uh, saying that Mark left him in charge. As much as Mark doesn't like Robot or how things on the Earth have been improved, I'm sorry for the length. I'll end it here. Anyways, cheers. Keep up the good work, Tony. Um, do you guys think that Robot and Thrag have communicated at all? I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't say that it's out of the question, but Kirkman usually gives you little hints. like that? Like Thrag on a computer talking to somebody, but you don't know who it is. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, shuts it off before somebody I'm, else walks in the room. Something I'm, like that. Yeah. I'm super curious about robot versus Viltrumites because we've seen like him fight Mark and so on with his with his you know uh um what would you call that his little pulse that he puts out the rate the signal 
Yeah, the signal. But we know what? we know how smart Rex is, and he's had how many years of exactly. knowing. Like, so he's come that, up with a plan. Do you think that Kirkman has that... intentionally kept this away from Earth and away from Robot? Probably because, because he's like... too much of a threat to Viltrumites. And you're saying that there's like this massive plan that Robot has produced. I think that Robot definitely has a plan against Viltrumites right yeah. now. Right. But I, I just told you that, what it was. I don't think that it has anything to do with Rag. I don't think he he. I think that Robot has a lot of not animosity he's just kind of he's fearful of viltrumites and i don't think that he would make a plan uh uh pact with them even though he did with nolan mm -hmm. technically yeah. but i don't think that he would have betrayed that's nolan. true robot he, and nolan as far they had as we know are friends right they work together exactly so hmm. well that pretty much does it for 137 uh I do TJ. have a. I did get a message from. Uh, I got it. I got a message from uh, Tony Zvonik. Mm -hmm. Zvonik, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, it was like two and a half weeks ago. He said that he did a. Uh, he basically wrote what his idea of the Invincible movie should be, and he sent me a PDF file that I couldn't open up on my iPad or my iPhone. I kept meaning to bring it up at work, but when I'm at work, things are very hectic, and I kept forgetting about it. Mm -hmm. So when we recorded uh, tonight, before we recorded, uh, I wanted to bring it up beforehand, and we brought it up on the laptop. And right when we opened it up, there was a fucking cover page. And when we started to scroll, we looked in the right-hand corner of the, like the, uh, what's it called? Just the scroll on the yeah, side? Yeah, the scroll on the side. And it was tiny, meaning that he... How many pages was it, Bill? A it was ton of work. It was, it. it was 143 pages. So he wrote a he wrote he didn't a just, script. He didn't write an idea. He wrote a. He but wrote and, a and even script. even the format of it was like Mark it was dialogue. Script, yeah, it was and, format, then, and then there was yeah. like you know camera or like you know interior. Yeah, th yeah, this person. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. So we just saw that like you know a half hour ago or w well, an hour ago before we, we, we haven't read it fully yet because it was like it was like a lot. But we want to do something with that. So, it's so keep, exciting, keep an eye out for that. That's something that we're going to be kind of. Well, we're gonna we, we have to talk with to. him about it. Yeah, and see yeah. what he wants Make to sure do. Anything, but doing I am that. so excited to read it. I am so excited to read it. Yeah. Like that's so exciting. I'm uh, like whenever we were back when we were talking about the Invincible movie and like pitching ideas and the script that you know and all that kind of stuff. What we would want, like this is what I've wanted most. I want to read a script, even if it's a fan script. I don't care. Like, I just want to see how it could work. I want to visualize it. And I'm so excited to read it. It's just so, one option of like thousands. Yeah. Or, you know what yeah. I mean? One possibility, but exactly. even if it's like remotely close. Yeah. This is invincible fan fiction. This is stuff we've been asking that for forever. I mean, yeah, this is so cool. Been. So I'm excited about that, but all right, we are now at the point in which we are going to transition over into our fan spotlight segment. We actually got to sit down with Logan Moore, uh, to talk all about Invincible as a video game. We're back. Welcome to the show, Logan Moore. How are you doing today? I am not doing too bad. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. So you actually reached out to us back when, uh, it was actually when Greg Miller freaked out uh, on the morning show over the news of the Invincible movie. So what, uh, now, now not only are you a kind of funny fan like us, uh, but... You actually are in games journalism, right? Um, yeah, so I've been writing, I think, for about a year now consistently. Um, I write for Dual Shockers right now. Um, I've been with them, I think, since February of this year. But I've been doing the games journalism thing on and off for the past couple of years, but constantly, I guess, for the past year. 
Mm-hmm. So happy one year anniversary, I guess, to me. That's awesome. Is that like a freelance kind of thing or how does that even work? So um, everywhere I've been so far has been volunteer based. Um, I've just been kind of trying to get like an initial portfolio together. Believe me, I'm at the point where I would like to get paid for it. Um, we get uh, not to go like too much behind the curtain it, where I'm currently at, but we get like small stipends here and there. Um, but it's nothing consistent and nothing that I can quit my day job for just yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm working towards that and trying to figure out how to start getting paid for it more moving forward. Mm-hmm. Has that some, always been something you've been wanting to do? So for like the longest time when I was a kid, I actually wanted to make games. And then I started getting into the programming and well, I, I always knew I was terrible at art. So I was like, okay, I couldn't do anything creative or drawing or anything like that. And I started doing the programming stuff. I was like, I really hate this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just tried to figure out what it was I actually really liked about video game video games. And it's like, oh, it's just talking about it. Is there a job for that? And I was like, oh, wait, yeah, because I get five magazines in my mailbox every month. So, yeah, obviously there's a job for that. So then from that point, it just kind of I don't know. I didn't really pursue it too much until college. And then the past couple of years, I've been really working towards it. What kind of games do you play? Everything, a little bit of everything. I've got some blind spots with like Japanese games and JRPGs and stuff like that. But I've really been trying to broaden my horizons this year uh, specifically. Oh, good segue. I really like that game. Uh, That's actually one of my favorite games so far this year. But yeah, I've been trying to play a little bit more of everything. Um, Pretty much anything on any of the main consoles that's like a notable release, I'll try to get to. Um, I don't have a PC. I've, I've, I've got a Mac. Good so anything that yeah. comes out Good on PC is uh, is not played by me half the time until it comes to consoles. Yeah. Like yeah. what Undertale's coming to PS4 now. I'm excited for that. So mm-hmm. very cool. Now we actually you know wanted you on the show to talk about Invincible as a video game. But before we get into that, how did you start reading Invincible? Like how did that start? So I'm actually trying to think. So you brought this up to me earlier and I'm tr- I, was, I started trying to go back in my head and realize how it started. So I think I had been reading The Walking Dead, obviously, because The Walking Dead had blown up. I was into Kirkman's stuff. Um, and the like the more I got into Walking Dead, I was like, this dude just a really is a really good writer. I'm interested to read his other stuff. Um, so I think I just on a whim. I started like checking. I I always like to buy trade paperbacks and stuff like that. Like that's how I'll get into a new series. And I think I was checking eBay and like some dude was selling like the first 10 trade paperbacks for like 50 bucks or something like that. So I just grabbed the first 10 trades of Invincible in one fell swoop. I was like, I guess I'm reading this now. Yeah. And the first couple really didn't grab me. I was like, this is pretty generic and hokey. But of course, anybody who reads Invincible knows what happens after what those first 10, 12, 15 issues. Um, and then from there, it was just I was full on addicted. I think I brought all of the trades with me on vacation and I read through them all on the way down there. And then I think I finished them and I was like, we have to go to a comic book store down. <laughs> and my dad's like, all right, that's fine. And I did. And I think I went and I bought like the next eight or 10 or however many there were for me wow. to catch up. And I just like binge read the entire series in, in one week. Wow. And uh, so you're a rather new reader 
Would you so say? I think that was uh, 2015, if I'm correct, 2014, something around there. So two or three years. I've been buying the single issues since then. Um, I think I've been buying the single issues since about 105, 110, mm-hmm. something in there. You know, I feel like the news of it ending sucks more for you. Like the person who like just got into it, <laughs> like within the two years, like, oh, I fucking found something that's great. And then two years later, yeah. like, fuck. Yeah, it's like yeah. finding out that, yeah. about that band. But for us, it's been, something. you know, a long, yeah. rather a long ride. You know what I mean? Like we've been reading it not a long. Most, uh, I mean, not, there, yeah, but. but I mean, still for the newer reader, I'd say within the past two years, like you are, that, that must have sucked bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was always like one of those series that was on my radar as well, because I had heard so many good things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I've got an entire shelf of comic books in my room and I collect like I have hundreds of Spider-Man comics and tons of Batman stuff. Like I have a lot of comics that I do not need. Um, so I'm, I'm always looking to like get into a new series. Um, even right now, there's like two or three that I have circled. It's just like, when do I want to make that monetary commitment to dive into a new series? Yeah. And uh, so I had known about Invincible for probably four or five years before I finally actually was like, OK, yeah, I guess this will be the one that I get into. And I did not expect it to be probably my favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably only between that and really Ultimate Spider-Man at this point oh, is nice. like my two favorites. Not the Miles Morales stuff, though. Yeah. Not, the the OG. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I was reading um, one of the first things that got me into comics. I I started reading comics relatively late in my life. Um, I mean, I grew up on like the animated X Men, animated Batman, Spider Man, stuff like that, and that was kind of the things that I I got into. I loved the Fleer X Men cards and like the trading cards and everything. But as far as comics go, it wasn't until later on, you know, closer till geez, almost Civil War. You know, it was like right before Civil War. Yeah, you know, I was in high school, mm-hmm. uh, and I really got into Ultimate X Men, and I liked the tie-ins with Ultimate Spider Man, and and it's great. Mm-hmm. It's fun looking back. Kirkman wrote for Ultimate X Men. Yeah, there's actually a, he did? a yeah, there's actually a run of Ultimate X Men that he wrote for, right? There's Joss Whedon did. Am Joss I thinking Whedon? of Joss Whedon? You're thinking, thinking Joss, Joss Whedon. Whedon. What am I th- All right, then Marvel, Marvel Zombies. Of Marvel, Zombies. Marvel, I was getting those two mixed up. Marvel Zombies, Robert Kirkman did, and Robert and Kirkman up. did Marvel Team Up, which I have the first one and, yeah, and yeah. Signed, signed it. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Spider-Man, you're a big fan of Spider-Man. What were your thoughts on... Uh, I read your article on before going to E3 on the Spider-Man video game. Yeah. So, kind of bringing it back to video games a little bit. What did you think of the, the what they revealed? Because you actually were there. Did you... I was there, Yeah. You got sent out uh, to E3, so be so, honest. Yeah, I went, be honest. <laughs> I, oh, trust me. I will be very honest. Like, I was, I came out and everybody was uh, freaking out about this Spider-Man thing. I, I think it was obviously the best thing Sony showed that night. Um, but because I do love Spider-Man so much, I had more reservations and I was more like, I ha- I just have this image and this idea in my head for like what I want them to do with that game. And... I I didn't hate what I saw, but it was like not the demo I wanted to see. I just I, if you read that piece that I wrote, I basically just wanted them to swing around the city for 10 minutes. And that would have been totally fine by yeah, me. And me I, I just wanted yeah, I wanted yeah. to see how the world interacted. I wanted to see um, obviously like thinking of Spider-Man games like you think of like Spider-Man 2 and the, my balloon and that yeah. lame stuff. <laughs> I want to see I want to see what how the open world does interact, though, as you're swinging around it. And I'm I'm hoping that there's like little missions you can do one off things that you can do as you're swinging around. Like I want to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the demo they showed looks much better for a 10 minute time slot that they have at the end of that conference. 
Um, but it looked very much like the Arkham games, which I was not expecting between the perching on top and kind of scanning the enemies down below. There was a stealth element to it. Then he, then even like the gadgets and stuff like that, Mm, like the little thing he throws onto the side of that to web that dude, like it looked in the combat also had those Arkhamisms as well. Uh, so I wasn't expecting that. But that's fine with me because I adore the Arkham games, like probably one of my five or ten favorite franchises of all time. Uh, So I'm fine with them taking influence from that. Uh, That said, I just really wanted to see more of the web swinging. Uh, There's a lot of web zipping, which I wasn't like. It did. I don't know. A little canned. You know what I mean? Like a little contained. Like it was a little too clean and polished. Like when they do like the like the division demo or something when everybody's just everything goes a little too perfect. Yeah. And so, yeah, I agree. It didn't really give a good example of what the finished, like what we're going to be doing. Now, this is Insomniac, right? Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so I was expecting something that was going to be completely different from anything we've ever seen before. I mean, obviously, you know, open world like web slinging. Ratchet and Clank kind of thing? No, not like that, but Insomniac. That'd be cool, though. But, yeah, but something different from fucking Activision. You know what I mean? Like, it looked like an Activision Sony <laughs> game. Like, it did, dude, with, like, Arkham... You know what I mean? Like I wasn't impressed at all. The only thing that I was that I thought was cool was the little bit of web sling that you saw, and he hit a corner mm-hmm. really hard and he kind of slung out. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if you've yeah. seen that. Like, yeah. so I'm sh- I'm sure the web sling is gonna look a little bit more intuitive and natural. But overall, I was expecting something unlike something we've seen. I don't know. Before. The moment the moment he, I mean, it was so seamless though. And I know I just said that it seemed kind of canned, but him going through the building and just the fluidity of his movement, jumping over to the yeah. desk. It was just a quick time cool. event. It, it was, was just a very, quick time event. It was very directed, though. Yeah. That looked more like uh, the running through the building thing looked more like uh, an Assassin's Creed or something like that, where yes. I assume you'll probably just hold down a button and he'll do all the vaulting himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as the like the web swinging go, I, I thought it was cool. The running on the walls and stuff like that was cool. Like it, if you played uh, Web of Shadows, that game was really about keeping your momentum did. going. Okay. We did play the shit yeah. out of that. Right up here, TJ. Oh, all right. If you uh, the the web swinging in that was really focused upon like keeping you going, keeping you moving. So like even if you hit a wall or something like that, it wasn't going to stop you. You were just going to then use that wall to keep your yourself moving. Uh, so it looks like the same thing is gonna happen with this one. I don't know. I I have. I, I have no doubt in my mind that it'll be an amazing game. Insomniac's one of my favorite devs. Um, I, it, it looks like I want to get a PS4 Pro for it and a new TV just yeah, to play that game. Uh, I'm so excited for it. But that, like I said, there are very specific things that I want them to do with it. Um, and I hope that they nail it. And I wasn't crazy about the Miles thing either. I just don't like Miles. Yeah, like, is that, is that okay? It, I don't I like I, I feel like I don't know enough about miles to really That's yeah why. i don't I either like i never really but I, I mean i don't care i just hate can we not call him spider-man like can he just be something else like i would be so much more accepting if he was not spider-man like i i don't understand this trend within Spider-Man marvel over well, the past decade to like hey here is uh what's the oh, what's the like black Foster. girl who, or there Iron was that what's, yeah the riri girl girl who yeah. like became they're like he, she is now iron man or iron woman or whatever it's like why can't you just make a new character like yeah. I, I mean iron man's tony stark spider-man's peter parker like these are the characters create somebody new to live alongside them that yeah. works better to me than trying to and, say it's the same character when it's not and kirkman even kind of spoofed that with bulletproof mm-hmm. you know like that whole <laughs> it was supposed to be yeah, it, it was supposed, supposed to be, to be bulletproof yeah. it wasn't supposed to be invincible yeah i mean it was this whole i mean well, it was supposed to be comics a were doing this yeah. whole thing where they're just trying to reinvent to 
I don't know, maybe get more readers. I mean, you know. I mean, Otley yeah. drew when he drew it up that he drew up bulletproof. What do you mean? What? The, when the original costume for Invincible. Oh was no! Well, well that, you mean Cory Walker? But no, or that, Cory Walker. That is no, I, I'm actually right. talking about when Bulletproof became Invincible in mm-hmm. the comics for a while. Mm-hmm. They were that was yeah. kind of that spoof. But I'm saying the comic was originally called Bulletproof. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, and that even plays into it even mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Um, but like, so speaking of gaming conventions, uh, they've been kind of rumblings of them making an Invincible video game for a little while now. Um. Back in 2006 at South by Southwest, IGN actually had an interview. Naomi Kyle talked with Dan Murray, who's the president 16, of Skybound 2016. Interactive. Oh, sorry, 2016? Did I say 17? You said 2006. Oh, geez. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> 2016. Yeah, not that long ago. But in 2016, so this was March of last year, IGN uh, had a video, actually, that, uh, you know, interviewing Dan Murray all about making Invincible into a video game. It was a little odd because I don't know... Who made like who asked for this video to be made? Because it doesn't. It seems a little too small for IGN to be like, "Hey, is there an Invincible game coming out?" And then Skybound have nothing to say. So it was a little weird. Um, yeah. But he he basically said they're just highly motivated to make it happen as quickly as possible. They uh, they don't want to. They want to make sure they find the right team and the right game, and they want to try and do something a little bit different. And then this 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 year, a couple months ago, both in uh, a Reddit AMA and on a Skybound Insider video, TQ Washington, who is the ex- executive producer at Skybound Interactive, um, said that Invincible is on the top of his list, uh, especially with the fact that there's a lot of characters with superpowers. A fighting game is on the top of his list. Like, there's an action RPG, an MMO. He like get, ran, you know, went through a couple things. Um, both him and Dan Murray were in that uh, Reddit AMA, and both of them were saying that Invincible is on the top of their list as far as you know, a, a video game property. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just want to talk to you guys about what what do we want to see from an Invincible get video game, you know, and what do we think we will actually see from an Invincible video game? I think. Right. Well, in do my... you think we should let the guests? Do you want yeah. to voice your opinion you first? Because I have <laughs> ideas too, and I have I have many opinions but go ahead logan it's hard because in a perfect world like we would have in with unlimited funding i think that we could think we could think of like the most incredible superhero game ever with the most the deepest systems and the most open of worlds and all that stuff the problem is it's not going to have the funding to do any of those crazy things or be developed by a triple a studio um, so that immediately just makes me try to think smaller. Um, I mean, even look at like the walking dead, like telltale games aside, they've been trying to make a good walking dead game for years and that's the walking dead and they can't even really do that. Um, so that immediately makes me concerned knowing that, that if they were going to make an invincible game, that it would just be a pile of trash, which makes me want to rethink how they would do it. Like, I think feasibly like we can get into the craziness like if you want to create the perfect invincible game we could talk about that because i have it let's start with like something crazy and you know what i'm actually gonna i I got an email that i want to read that was sent to us that i think this will be a good kickstart into this whole you know in a perfect world type invincible game this is coming from a friend of the show jason uh he wrote in uh talked a little bit about the newest issue 137 and how did you get to read it yet logan yeah, I actually just okay. read it like 30 minutes ago. Awesome. Show. <laughs> he talked about how it broke his heart to see all the young, invincible kids getting like basically brainwashed and everything and how terrible that was. But as far as video game, he says, 
uh, he thinks the telltale or telltale trend would be the best option. Uh, he, but then he goes on to say that. Uh, oh wait, 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 wait! What? I think the trend of the telltale type video games would not oh, be sorry, the best sorry, option. Yes. <clears throat> sorry, Jason says. Uh, the trend of the Telltale-type video games would not be the best option. Invincible has some of the best action in comics, and it would be a shame if it was not carried over into video games. It would also, I would also would not want to see the video game try to find a place within the Invincible story as we know. What I propose is that the game take place hundreds of years in the past. You play as a Vultramite agent that you're able to create and is, that is tasked with taking over the planet that happens to be much like Earth with a large population and regular people. Um... Your character would have to decide how he or she wants to accomplish her goal. You would have the freedom to go on a rampage or start slaughtering. Um, the story would function like a choice-based RPG in the vein of games like Fable and Dragon Age, but you would already have access to enough of your Vultramite powers that you would feel like a god from the start, thus making fights with anyone <laughs> that can actually hold their own something special. Keep up the great work, Jason. So, yeah, I mean... That's a pipe dream right obviously, there. Obviously, like, it sounds dream. very DC Universe. Yeah, that's oh. kind of what I was thinking. Like, that's like open, you open up, you walk around. There's Battle Beast. There's well, you know, Dragon Dragon Age like Inquisition is very much player. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, obviously, like picture Mass Effect. You have your own ship. You can go replace the Krogans with the Battle Beast race. Replace the Salarians with I don't know the Martians and Invincible. I mean, you yeah, of course, there's some giant game that you can have there. But I mean, is it feasible? <laughs> I don't. I. I think that, first of all, I think that we are going to get a Telltale Invincible. I think it's 100% going to happen. Just the fact that Skybound's already got yeah, something that's, that's, that's going to happen. Uh, going, like, as far as moving beyond that, I don't think that it really could be done right now. Something um, big. Something bigger, yeah. like open world. I don't think it can be done with a character like yeah. Invincible that flies. Like, if you look back at like the Superman Returns video game, it was like they tried, and I thought it was a pretty good try, but it was not. It wasn't good. Yeah. It wasn't good at all. I don't think that. Like I think that if they did do it, it would have to be groundbreaking. And I don't think that, like you, like Logan said, they don't have the budget to you know create the first ever amazing like flying it's video making, game. Yeah. It's, it's like I, making a Superman like Arkham, game. Arkham isn't... worked because he, he was gliding. You know what I mean? It'd almost be a flying. new genre. Like exactly. they'd have to completely recreate a new genre where I nothing else exists. And, and that's TJ. That's almost my point exactly is that I don't like <laughs> when superhero video games give you that much freedom because it just shrinks the world too much. And the, the, the thought of being invulnerable and invincible is not fun. I guess because just like if you remember playing Superman, but when you're Spider-Man, you're you're slowly web slinging through the city, like you're not just zipping through. It almost like if you have the power to fly, it's it's like you can demo, like you're you're a programmer and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna go to this part of the city and just zip there and do nothing fun. So I don't know if it would work as an actual literal open world open world action game. I think the only way that it would be kind of fun and cool and story driven is if it was a Telltale game. I mean, I like I like I Jason's disagree. idea of it not taking place in invincible continuity i think that's important i think that i think that the world we live in now thinks that it has to be every every yes. big game has to be open world mm -hmm. but we just you just brought up uh logan just brought up web of shadows web of shadows is a spider-man game that is not open world and was one of the best games i've played with spider-man yes spider-man games that i've played Web of Shadows was open world. Um, you, but it like was it one of the what, Shattered Dimensions was the one that wasn't. 
Is that the one you're thinking dimensions. of? I like that one. Was that the, the one with all with the different spider pants? Yeah, the that's one, the yeah, one with like Shattered Dimensions and stuff. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a sequel to that where it only had two of them, and I uh, Edge of Time. Yeah, that was yeah, the that's the one I was getting mixed up with. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think, Logan? I'm sorry, we kind of cut you off a little bit. No, no, you're good. ranting. No, there's three other people on the podcast. Um, yeah, I don't know because I, similar to what you said with Superman Returns, I don't. No one's been able to do the like I can fly around the city and I'm all powerful and like make that open world aspect of the game work. Um, as we're sitting here talking about it though, and I'm trying to like match up the comics with um, like a potential game for starters. I think you have to play as Mark. Like that's just mm-hmm. like. Invincible is Mark and it is his parents and uh, Eve. Like that is the world is great. The world's cool, but it is Mark to me. And like it, it needs it. Mark is as central to that comic to me as like Peter is to Spider-Man or something like that. Um, so I think it has to have him in it. But as I'm sitting here trying to think about it, what if you somehow did the open world world thing, but you did some time restrictions as well? Think something along the lines of like a persona where you have to be at certain places at certain times, like maybe after you get out of high school one day or something like that, you can either you have to either go work oh, at Bart or something cool. like that, or you could uh, you could go hang out with the teen team or something like that and go fight people. Or it, late at night when you go home, you can either study or you can go out on a late night patrol or something like that. Like See, if they no, could somehow, yeah, Persona Four Golden. That's the only Persona that I played, but I'm thinking like turn-based action like would be really cool. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't have to be some big, grand, like, special effects 3D. It could be something that's a little bit more muted, a little bit easier, you know, art- artistically, um, because we're not going to get that big 3D Arkham-looking game. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. But but then I guess it would have to be an RPG as well, like you said. So would it be turn-based or would it be action game where it's there are rpg elements but it's all in real time how would you do that there's a thousand different combinations i'm also gravitating towards like an idea like do you guys ever play the scott pilgrim beat-em-up yes. game a couple years so ago that was, that's on my list of things i wanted to yeah. suggest like that. i think that could work really well that style of game basically the arcade tmnt you know or the old x-men or you know i mean like a side-scrolling beat-em-up like that's 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 cool but in that same vein i really think the best option in my mind that would kind of, you know, that I think has the best option of being good as well as, you know, being possible would be a fighting game. You know, I think that having a roster of, you know, you got 10, even 12 characters. We think of all the different locations that you could fight in. Even if it's like, you know, think, um, picture Marvel vs. Capcom 2 style. It doesn't have to be look like Injustice. It doesn't have to be 3D. It could be just a 2D fighting game. Then you've got people like, you know, Rexplode, you know, you've got Monster Girl, who basically like the Hulk in this, you've got Conquest. Why would anybody play that game, though? What do you like, mean? Like, because a fighting game, they're no not, one knows no, no one, no, no new IP fighting game has ever come out, and it's like, this really different thing, it's like, Marvel vs. Capcom, you know both those things, you know those heroes, DC vs. Um, whatever it was, the Injustice of DC, like, the, everything is already, like, everybody knows it, but then you just have this weird, like, Okay, so it's a superhero. Like people would be like, okay, it's a su- you're a superhero, but I've never heard of the superhero before, unless it comes out and it's licensed with the movie. 
I was going to say it would have to come out after the movie. I think one thing they could do to set it apart, too, is just make it. I mean, not necessarily set it apart because there's plenty of games like this, like Mortal Kombat, but just make it super, super bloody. Like have it stand out like that, like the comics are, because like that's a really understated part of the comics because I've been reading them for so long now that I almost forget sometimes during those fight scenes. I'm like, man, they're like there's a shot in or there's a one little snippet in the new issue where like uh, Nolan flies in and saves Eve and he is just top to bottom covered in blood. And I was like, holy crap, I forgot how brutal this comic is sometimes, man. Like, I, I mean, I think that could maybe set it apart if it was like, hey, look at all these bright color superheroes and they're beating each other to smithereens like that could that dynamic could maybe show off well. But yeah, like that would be the problem is that people wouldn't know the characters. But then again, like there's fighting games where it's just like, hey, we created a new fighting game that has a cool new system like uh, Skullgirls or something like that. Like no one knows who those characters are. They play it, though, because the fighting's good. So if the fighting mechanics at the core of the game were really good, I think it would be less about like I want to play this because of the characters and more I want to play this because everyone in the fighting community says this game is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, but the thing about Invincible is not that the thing that sets it apart isn't, in my opinion, the fighting or or you wouldn't be able to take that aspect and make a cool video game. It's the story of yes, it. It's the but, story yeah. and the... Yes, but going back to your statement on who knows these characters, why would they care, that could be said towards any genre of video game. Like, what, no matter what game it is, people don't know these characters. What are they, what reason do they have to But play? I'm just saying it couldn't be... I just don't think that it could be a fighting game. Like, Oh, I see what you're saying. Because you want... it When it comes to a fighting game... People usually have a character that they gravitate right, towards. Right, exactly. They're like, them. I want to play as this person and fight this person. You know what I mean? Or, Typically, or... games don't come out unless they're based on something or not based on something. You know but if it's mean? not based on something, it's something it's like, like Horizon. Bio, like Bio, yeah, Bioshock. Yeah. I was going to say Bioshock was its own universe. It was a video game. So like a video game doesn't typically get released if it's based on something from a comic book. Like mm-hmm. they're like Walking Dead was released after the show already came out and people yeah. already loved it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think... Um, They'd have to build that whole universe before uh, they I, I think, though, I, I agree that the story is a, the, the probably the biggest part of what makes Invincible Invincible. Um, but that's if you were to, it was going to be a Telltale game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah. what, that's what I was getting to. But yep. if, it, if it wasn't just the story, if you were to ask what's the next thing, it probably would be the brutality. I mean, like Logan was saying, I mean, the blood, the violence, and that right there is a fighting game. So... I don't know, uh, but yes, going back to story, it and I think we might all agree that I think the most likely thing is Telltale. I think it's going to happen. I, think I what if? But I mean, to who said it? Someone maybe you said it where they'd have to reinvent. Yeah, you said it. They'd have to create a genre. Why couldn't they do a Telltale game that's more interactive than the recent Telltale games? Like when you fight, it's it's an actual video game. But like <laughs> when it's the mostly story driven stuff, it's the conversation pieces. Like something that's super scripted, but kind of lets you off the rails when you fight. I, I mean, like that, that. that would be awesome, but I don't trust Telltale to make anything yeah, game, game, gameplay centric. Like exactly. they haven't worked on anything. What's their pedigree of gameplay? They're I'm like, there is so not. But I'm not even, but I, yeah, I'm not even saying Telltale because clearly they, they, they can't do it. Like as soon as you move faster than a walking pace, the game just fucking stops working and glitches. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when you got people flying around, but Something like that. It doesn't have to be a telltale game, but it could be super scripted, and then the action is off the hook. You know, because mm-hmm. because I, I can't I cannot see even flying around if it's done right fun because you're not restrained. There's no fear of 
of falling, of running out of web fluid, of like, you know, yeah, I well, can't glide anymore, what, so I have to grapple. Maybe that's what Dan Murray meant when they said they wanted to do something a little bit different. I mean, right. that might be part of the reason, if they are struggling, why they're struggling, because it does seem difficult. And the thing is that as we're talking here, there are a lot of different games. We talked about how it could be an RPG. We talked about how it could be a beat-em-up, a fighter, a telltale game. There's a lot of options, but it's figuring out how to do it right. Yeah, it's just the grand idea of making an open world high budget game is just not okay. I mean I mean guess coming back to where we started, it's just not feasible or it won't happen. So it has to be at that point, what are we willing to settle for? Um I don't know. Like and, and personally, like as much as I would like adore an invincible game, like I think I'm content with never really having a standout one. Like Spider Man, like that's like like I want a good Spider-Man game very badly. Like Invincible though, like I realize that it probably would never work and I've accepted that and I'm okay with that. Like if somebody were to come along and prove me wrong and like make an amazing Invincible game uh, with like a cool single player experience, then that'd be fantastic. But I'm not expecting that. So I guess I'm more okay with it. I don't know. I am too. Like the, the more that we talked about it, the more I just, I don't want to say that I don't care, but I really don't care about an Invincible video game right now. You know yeah. what I mean? It, but yeah. I just don't think. And that... there's, and I mean, odds are it'll end up being either Telltale or a mobile game. There's several mm-hmm. Walking Dead mobile games. I don't games. count that, though. If a mobile game comes yeah. out, I'm not going to be like, oh, I can't wait for that. You know what I mean? Uh, but that, they could, that's I mean, what they could be talking about with a video. It's, it's Skybound it Interactive. Yeah, it's not... it could be. But I yeah. Know, they are the that. same. They are, that's the same group of people, the same team that put that puts out the Walking Dead yeah. video games. You know, our mobile games. So but I just wouldn't care about it. I don't mm-hmm. care about mobile <laughs> games. It's going to be a match three. <laughs> that would be great. Well, I don't know. Anything else you guys got as far I gotta as being ask, a video game? I got to ask who your favorite character is. In Invincible? Yeah. Uh, Who's your the I, first person that comes to mind? Boom. Go. Right now. Gun. Uh, it's, it's Mark, but I'm trying to think of like somebody not Mark because yeah. that's such a lame answer. Um, I really like Nolan. I do. Um, I, I don't know. Just like seeing his entire journey across the course of the comics. Um, and I don't know, just seeing him beat the crap out of his own son, like 15 issues in or whatever was like really staggering for me when I first read it. Uh, I don't know. I I've like seen his whole journey across the landscape of the comics, but battle beast is awesome too. Oh yeah. Make yeah. it rest A lot in of people peace. Say battle, battle beast. <laughs> But I think you're right with Nolan. I don't think enough people admit that how awesome of a character Nolan is. Like just right. him and um, remember when he was in the prison. You know what I mean? Like he's had a lot. Yeah, of there's great... a lot of shit that happens to him, and he's so humble yeah. now too. Like remember how arrogant he used to be, and he's just such such, such a humble leader. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I think... just like how he 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 made the he made everything so casual at the beginning too. Like. Uh, when he gets uh, caught up into that other dimension or whatever with the one race, I can't remember their names. And then he just like shows back up randomly and he's got it. Yeah. Yeah. And he shows back up and he's got a beer and he's like, I'm home or whatever. (laughs) It's just like, I like those moments with him. Like he's so down to earth and casual about what he does and his whole family's like, yeah, okay. That's yeah. We're used to that. So just another day in the life. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us about this. Logan, it was fun. Yeah. No problem at all. And we're back. Thanks again for coming on the show, Logan. And remember, if you want to read more of Logan's thoughts on video games, check out his written work over at DualShockers.com. 
He's also on a video game podcast called Millennial Gaming Speak, which you can find more about on their site, which is modelcitizensmedia.com. As for us, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and of course, email at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all very much for listening. Bill and TJ, thanks for joining me. Thank you. It's still TJ, bitch. Oh, uh, hi. Uh, or bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, bye.